And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, DC Matthews, and the unendorsed Doc Manson. This is the point where we both wait for the other one to start the show, isn't it? It sure is. DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. We both are wondering who's going to take the reins, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. How's it going well, there, bud? Happy holidays. Hey, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy other holidays and, you know, winter celebrations to everyone else out there in the neighborhood. Uh, so uh, let's get to the chase here. I, what I kind turned, of loot did you get? I turned the air conditioning on last night. It was yeah. that warm in my apartment. I turned the air conditioning on. We were at a family event, you know, both on Christmas Eve and on Christmas. And at one point, you know, the thermometer was like 77 degrees. Mm-hmm. It was um, colder in October. Yes. Yes, it was. Although apparently it's supposed to snow next week here in New England. So I've heard that. So uh, that what got loot, that to look forward to. What loot did I get? I, yeah, I, tell me about all the good loot, man. I got some wrestling-related books. I got Shawn Michaels' book, Goldust's book. Daniel Bryan's book, one of Chris Jericho's books. So, so how many of those have you read already? I read Goldust's on Christmas morning. I read that book. It was excellent. Uh, you know, That sounds it, like a Christmas morning. An interesting take on the world of wrestling and addiction and all of that family drama. So it was a good read. I recommend it. The book is When was it written? Uh, 2010, so it doesn't okay. mention Stardust. Cody Rhodes is only mentioned um, briefly, like one chapter devoted to him and how, you know, Dustin thinks he's got a good future. I'd be interested to read, you know, uh, either a second book or an updated version with some talk about, you know, the Stardust character and all of that. But maybe we'll save that for Cody's book one of these days. Mm-hmm. You never know. What about what about you? Anything good? Well, I got a bottle of bourbon that I've never had before, and that was it's good. Did you drink uh, it all already? No, I shared it with my family on Christmas Day, so it's probably about half gone at this point. But there was a number of us uh, drinking from it, so that was now, good. Explain this to me as if I'm someone who knows nothing about alcohol. Mm-hmm. What exactly is bourbon? Bourbon is a type of whiskey, typically, brew, uh, not brewed, uh, distilled, I guess, would maybe be the word, in America. And its defining feature versus other whiskeys is that it must have 51% of its mash bill made up by corn. So corn in the mash is basically the defining characteristic of a bourbon. Okay, so it's a corn whiskey? Basically. Now, they thought, the other... they thought bourbon would sell better than just corn whiskey being labeled on the bottle? <laughs> exactly. You know. And uh, the rest of the mash bill can be pretty much anything. Um, a very popular sort of middle-of-the-road bourbon is Maker's Mark. And that's I've a weeded, heard of that. That's a weeded bourbon, so the majority of the rest of its mash bill is wheat. Um, it tends to be a very, uh, I would say, a, a sweeter, smoother sort of uh, bourbon and some others. Some of my favorites include uh, Bullet Bourbon, which is it has a relatively high percentage of rye in the mash bill. It, it gets some spiciness to it, so it's, it breaks it. You know, makes a com a little more complex palate, if you will. Um, 
And it, honestly, Bullet also makes just a rye whiskey. It's like 95% rye, um, maybe 5% barley in that mash bill. So the the Bullet rye actually is probably one of my favorites to drink. It's not even a bourbon at that point. It's just a rye whiskey, but uh, it's delicious. Now, Bullet's bourbon does have, like I said, a high percentage rye as well. So it's a bourbon with a lot of those you know, spicy sort of overtones that you get from rye being in its mash bill. But I think I prefer the rye, bullet rye, over the bullet bourbon. Now, is bourbon uh, a sipping drink? Do you mix bourbon and other mixers? Well, I'm sure, you know, the hardcore amongst us would say you sip a bourbon and you sip it neat. And if you drink it any other way, you're doing it wrong. But I am a little more open in my interpretation of things. I say, you know, drink what you like. Enjoy yourself. So I'll have it on the rocks. That's pretty common. Or I'll sometimes... uh, well, my, when my father's around, he prefers to have Manhattans, which aren't traditionally made with bourbon, but I've been sort of getting him into that since there's so much bourbon around with me around. So he's been making his Manhattans with uh, different types of bourbon and things like that. So you can have it that way as well. More traditionally, you would maybe make an old-fashioned. What's that? Which is, that's like a... Uh, you'd have the bourbon with like a sugar cube and an orange peel. Okay. Um, yeah. Those are good. I like old fashions. Um, now, here's another question, and forgive me if if this is personal. How many glasses of bourbon would you say you have in a, a week? In a week? Yeah, in an average week. Is less it than a, one. Is it a nightly? Is no, I'd say less than less than one. I'd say okay. less than one. Um, when it gets to these colder months, I probably have maybe one a week. But for the majority of the year, I don't really touch the stuff. But it's a nice thing to enjoy and. Well, you know, I'm gonna go actually. I'm gonna up that to probably one a week because now that I said, now that I go to visit my parents, I go to see them. Try to go every weekend. So I don't actually go every week, but when I do see my father, we almost always have a Manhattan. So I guess if that counts. Um, All right. Yeah. So you don't have a problem, really, is what I'm getting at. Is I don't think so. Don't I just to, you know this, this have... doesn't have to be the DDT intervention <laughs> intervention podcast. No, I don't think so. I just. Uh, I have an appreciation for um, some of the finer things in life, and okay. that's one of them, at least according to me. You don't have to agree, nor does anybody else. Do you consider wrestling to be one of the finer things in life? Um, not recently. Oh, and here we go. All right. <laughs> I mean, I, last week, I would have said you, yes. You were, you were high on the horse of positivity a week ago. Um, has, has I told it, you, man. Has it changed so much in the last seven to nine days that... That you're you're yeah. back down in the doldrums. I mean, the TLC was a decent enough show. And no, it was good. Don't say it was decent enough. Well, now I'm, I'm. I guess I'm getting crap tinted glasses. Yeah, which is the only thing I can think of as opposed to rose tinted glasses. I don't know what the opposite of rose tint is. So I'm going to say it's crap tint. I don't know Dirt. if that's true. Dirt. Yeah, I guess. Sod. TLC was a good show, it and was. Monday, and that left me hopeful. If I recall, yes. for and then Monday the Raw night, Raw after that, when Roman won. And Kevin was Owens very cut good. the lunatic. We were, we were, you were as positive and as excited about wrestling as you've ever been. And now, and then Monday Night Raw happened this week. I blame the Slammies. I blame the I blame the Slammies, but I also blame I blame pretty much all the writing on that show. It was a terrible show. I think almost from start to finish, with maybe the exception of. Like Owens versus Ziggler was a really good match. Mm. 
Um, I don't know if I'd say it was a terrible show, but I will say when you texted me this morning asking if we were going to podcast, there was a big part of me that was like, what are we going to talk about? Because I, you know, and I think it's also, it's the holiday season, you know. It's the holiday season. There we go. I've been I've been everywhere but thinking about wrestling with the exception of these books that I've gotten. And so, you know, I had to go You're back. You're a liar. I've been I've been reading your tweets, sir. I you spent Ring Christmas Day. You spent Christmas Day working on the NAI one fifty. You can't I did. tell me wrestling has not been on your mind. Well, current wrestling. I did watch NXT yesterday and we can talk about um what didn't happen on that show. Uh, yeah. I've been catching up still on Ring of Honor, so I can talk about that if you'd like. Though I don't think you've nah. So I don't but... think I've caught up enough to talk intelligently about Ring of Honor. That's why I dismiss it so readily. So neighborhood out there, those of you who enjoy Ring of Honor, I'm not trying to dismiss it and not talk about it because I don't like it. I just don't think I've seen enough of it to speak intelligently about it. Really? Yes. I, Final Battle for all reports was an excellent pay-per-view that I'm not going to spend thirty four ninety five on or whatever it would cost with my 25% discount I get. But the show was excellent. Uh, you know, I wish some people would write about it over there on NewAgeInsiders.com. You know, the, the site's open every Friday. You know, maybe we can open it even more often if people are going to write. But get out there and be heard, my friends. If you're watching Ring of Honor, if you liked Final Battle... Get up on the website and try to convince me to watch it because I've heard it's a good show, but nothing's made me want to fork over $25 for it. So Yeah, I hear you. But in the world of WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, you know, I... I mean, back... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sorry to cut you off there, but back to Monday Night Raw, um, I found it that's started... That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Is I was going to say I didn't find it terrible. I didn't find it memorable. So I had to go back and actually read the results and read my column that I wrote about it just to remember what exactly happened because that Slammy show was... You didn't... It was what? It was, wasn't memorable. It was something that I, that I watched you and then think... summarily quickly forgot about, so... Wait, so you would say that the show wasn't bad, it was just not memorable? I had to put on my... You know, I was, I was full-fledged snark mode with you Monday night tweeting about it and tweeting about how you know we had such high hopes and with every passing segment they just kept getting dashed and dashed and dashed and then I I stopped watching Monday night because it was just I wasn't enjoying it I watched it again Tuesday morning and I thought Tuesday morning was better wasn't great but it was better I wouldn't say it's a good show but it wasn't a a terrible show Either And so, you know, we can go back and forth on what I thought was decent and what you thought was uh, a horror show, and that's just fine with me. So it started off with, uh, I believe, Stephanie welcoming Mm -hmm. everyone to the Slammy Awards, and then, of course, she was joined by Roman Reigns. And my big problem with that, Doc, is I don't know who Roman Reigns is supposed to be anymore. I feel like we're getting two different views of him. No, I'll tell you exactly who he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be The Rock. At least that's what they're telling us. And he's not The Rock. And every time he goes out there and he pretends to be The Rock, the segments that he's in, for me, fall completely flat, and they take me completely out of the product. It's not working, and I know that they're never going to stop, which is what makes me so negative about it, I think. Mm -hmm. Um 
I didn't. I don't know necessarily that he was trying to be the Rock. I got the feeling, and maybe it was because Stephanie was in there. It felt like he was Chris Jericho, or he. But was they don't tr- want me to leave. He was. Tr- but they don't want me to leave. He was trying. But they don't want me to leave. He was trying to be Chris Jericho, and trying to, you know, play to the crowd that way. And you know, The Rock to me, and I, I guess I'm trying. I'm mincing. You know, yes, I'm you are trying to distinguish between The Rock and Chris Jericho, but he's trying to be that cool kid, and that's not why you and I specifically started liking Roman Reigns. We liked Roman Reigns when he stopped talking and started just beating people. Well, they don't want me to leave. So he said it so many times. I just it was it was infuriating. Yeah, and like I I don't understand at all like why. We're even watching that segment. I don't understand why Roman Reigns is still the champion. You talk about the authority wielding limitless power, at least within the company. Why wouldn't they just suspend him and vacate the championship? He attacked Triple H. He attacked Vince McMahon. Later on in the show, Paul Heyman came out to present the award for, I think it was OMG Moment. And one of those moments was after WrestleMania when Brock Lesnar destroyed the authority and Michael Cole on Raw and then was suspended for three or four months, you know, storyline-wise, and we didn't see him again. How is what that happened then any different than what Roman Reigns is doing now? Where's the continuity? Where's the logic? You can't just do the things that Roman Reigns is doing without there being consequences. So Stephanie just being in the ring and getting more and more upset with him and him refusing to do as she says doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make him cool. It makes it, it makes it so there's a logical disconnect in what they're showing me. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. If she's really in charge, if that's really her ring, and, you know, this whole year has been about the Roman Reigns redemption story. Now that he's had the title for a week, last time he only held it for five minutes, this time they held it for a week and then strip him of it again. At least that would, you know, do something that would continue sort of the, the, the storyline they've been on. Instead, they're just, they just said, oh, I'm Roman Reigns, and now that I'm the champion, apparently, uh, I'm untouchable. Huh? What? Why? How does that make any sense? DC? I'm trying to come up with what I would think the the other argument would be, you know. And but you make a valid point. There is no reason for them to keep him the champion, especially when did he wrestle on Raw? Was he in a match at all or did they just I know it was Ambrose versus Sheamus in a cage, and at least that meant the Intercontinental title had a featured kind of, you know, spotlight. But why wouldn't you, at, you know, the very least, if they had said, all right, you're going to wrestle Rusev and Del Rio in a handicap match, you know, at least there, there's a consequence. You know, he gets, you know, he comes out there and does that stuff, which I didn't like at all. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, he's funny, he's being cool, and he's got this, you know, attitude. Last, and- last week on Raw, I said the worst possible decision they could have made was having, you know, this new angry Roman going back to hanging out with the Usos and Dean Ambrose. And last week, they gave me what I wanted. They stayed away from that. They were smart about how they played their cards with Roman Reigns. And then last night on Raw, what were the consequences? Like you just said, Roman Reigns didn't get put into a match. Who got put into matches? 
The Usos got put into a match with the New Day as part retaliation on a three-on-two handicap match. And then Dean Ambrose got put into a steel cage um, against Sheamus. And then at the end of that, the last part of Raw was Reigns in the ring with Ambrose standing tall over their opponents, which they decimated. Mm Mm-hmm. So suddenly we're right back to the thing that was, I thought, the kiss of death last week. Why are they back to that? But at the very least, the Reigns we saw at the end of the Ambrose and Sheamus match was the Roman Reigns that we wanted to see. You know, he was beating people with chairs and he threw the chair. You know, again, it's it's two different. And I had this conversation with you a couple of weeks ago about it feels like the beginning of the show and the end of the show are two completely different things. You know. A while ago, you had Rusev and Lana coming out and being all lovey-dovey, and then later in the show, it's Rusev by himself as the League of Nations wrecking ball. Why are we seeing two different people? Why are we seeing the cool kid Roman Reigns in the beginning of the show and the silent assassin at the end of the show? Pick one. And you know, personally if- for me, cool kid Reigns doesn't work. No, I That's agree. what I'm upset about. It I'm, just not a, I'm not a fan. He's not The Rock. Stop trying to be that kind of character. That's not who you are. You know, I don't understand. And again, I don't think it's his decision. It's not like Roman Reigns is like, oh, I'm going to try. You know, we talked about this. He's got this scripted thing. They're trying to fit him into this, you know, mold, this archetype. And it's just not working. When the crowd reacts well to Roman Reigns, it's when he's whacking people with chairs or hitting people with kendo sticks or spearing Triple H and doing all of that kind of stuff. So... I, I agree with what you're saying about the logical inconsistencies, but I don't think they need to suspend him or fire him. They could have they could address it in other ways, especially if, if they're going to keep putting his family in these situations where they're you know they're the ones that get punished for it. You need to have that play out in the storyline. You need to have the Usos or Dean Ambrose being like, "Dude, what are you doing? You're getting you know." I've got a steel cage match with Sheamus now, and yeah, that's fine. I'll take care of it. But every right, time, every time, every time you open your mouth, I'm the one that's getting you know smacked for it. So stop opening your mouth. Yeah, Where, you like know, said, be, where's the tension? And, and again, and that would be a fine way. Because then you tease some sort of dissension within the family. Then Roman, you know, has to act in a different way in order to protect his family. That's when, you know, like you said, there's tension. That's when there's drama. That's when there's something interesting. Um, I wrote a column on Tuesday because I did want to talk about, you know, I, I think it was 10 things we learned from last night's Raw. And... You know, there were there were certain things. I did write about the duality of Roman Reigns. Uh, my big issue with Raw was it was obviously a show where they just rehashed a lot of the same things. You know, adding Kane to the Bray Wyatt storyline doesn't make it better. And I guess on SmackDown, they added Ryback to the story. So now, you know, 2015 is ending with Bray Wyatt and his family feuding with everyone that Bray Wyatt and his family have feuded with. You know, it's just the same thing over and over again. Yes, now they beat the Dudleys and Tommy Dreamer and Kane. Then they beat the Dudleys and Ryback and Kane. Where, what do we go? Where is the story going here where for the last three weeks, all we've seen are Bray Wyatt and his family beating the same people over and over again. I'll give you a hint. Nowhere. It's going nowhere. Well, and so, you know, and again, I understand. 
It's the year-end show. It's the week before the holidays. I know they're thinking, no one's really paying attention to this show. You know, NXT's doing that. Next week, they're not even bothering with a live show. Next week, it's the year-in-review NXT show. And, yeah. and again, I get that. I wish that WWE would at least cop to it. You know, you could have two weeks of review shows or do the Slammies, right? And I do want to talk about the Slammies with you a little later. You could have that con. You could just say that we're not, you know, the wrestlers are taking two weeks off. We're going to do tribute to the troops. We're going to do a year end show. We're going to do the Slammies. We'll see you in January. And then at least you're not, because when you put on a new show, I expect new things. And besides the fact that Santino saved my life, because I love seeing him back. Yeah, he was funny. You know, where's the new stuff for us to get into? You're just spinning your wheels. You know, we saw Jack Swagger versus Alberto Del Rio again. And Alberto Del Rio won again. You know, I I think we saw... I mean, so what what are we going to see between now and WrestleMania with Roman Reigns? Are, Are... Are they building up the Wyatts? Because I know they teased Wyatt versus Sheamus, and obviously Wyatt versus Reigns makes a lot more sense. So, what, is Roman Reigns just going to keep running through the League of Nations, completely, you know, undermining all of those people in that faction? What we thought was, you know, bringing some mid-card people into a place of prominence really just seems like we're going to emphasize that they belong in the mid-card. So once he's through with them... um, is that what we're doing? They're building up the Wyatt family so that Roman Reigns can just chew through them as well. You know, the authority makes a deal with the devil uh, being Wyatt, and they're going to make a big deal out of it, but then Reigns will just run through him, run through him, run through him like he runs through everybody. Is that what we're building to here? Well, I think I think I, there's still potential here. I don't want to say I'm totally down on the product. I think this is a natural... You know, a slowdown around the holidays, and I just wish WWE would cop to it and stop trying. No, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Triple H is going to be back. John Cena is making his return. Oh, that'll fix everything. On Monday. It's something. It's something. It adds an extra wrinkle. Um, I assume Brock Lesnar, maybe not for the Rumble, but in the next month or so, is going to make his presence felt for WrestleMania. So I think there's a lot going on. I still think... Maybe it's this Monday, maybe it's next Monday, but Triple H is going to come out dressed for war, and he and Roman Reigns are fighting at the Rumble because watching another Roman Reigns versus Sheamus match isn't going to cut it. Roman Reigns and Triple H can co-main event the Rumble. You have the Rumble as the other part where John Cena might be part, Brock Lesnar might be part, Sheamus is part of it, Bray Wyatt is part of it. That to me, now we're in, we're going. It's again, it's the six weeks in between pay per views. I know that part of me wishes they were fewer pay per views, and part of me thinks that this needs, you know, you need, they're so conditioned to write three to four week stories that they're floundering with six weeks to try to get us from point A to point B. I don't know. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of time before Royal Rumble, or at least there was. Um, there still is. The Royal Rumble is going to be January, probably 22nd or somewhere along there. There's still three or four weeks to go. So I think they're, you know, I don't know what's going to happen Monday besides John Cena coming back. I'm not sure what Monday looks like in terms of wrestling. But I think, you know, last week I'm willing to take as a blip on the radar. And if they come out guns blazing Monday, if Triple H comes out with a sledgehammer, you know, if they put. If, you know, Roman Reigns gets put in a position where he doesn't just come out and be goofy rock Reigns, if he just comes out and, you know, 
has to actually put his money where his mouth is and fight, then I think you and I, when we talk next week, now granted, next week's going to be our mega podcast, you know, six, eight, 12 hours of wrestling <laughs> discussion all up in your face, in your uh, face. Yeah, like but I think we'll be in a better place here because hopefully, this is me knocking on wood, hopefully we're we're going to be back. The ship will ride itself again and yeah, we'll so be heading in the right direction. That's the thing I was going to say that going back to that analogy, after the raw main roster ship course corrected itself with that awesome show that we got two weeks ago, uh, this last Monday, it just immediately it righted itself and then ran aground. Like immediately. Mm. I I don't know. It's just it's just very frustrating to go from having such hope and feeling such exhilaration for the product and then for them to follow it up with a lackluster show where nothing notable happened and the writing was, you know, as you said, a throwaway because they're not even really thinking about it mm-hmm. right now during the holiday season. Well, and, and, and also... It's such a dichotomy, you le- know? Let's, let's talk about the Slammies because... You know, with a three-hour show, which I think both of us agree is too long, anyways, you can't get any. I don't think I don't actually think a three-hour raw is too long. I just think they don't do a very good job with the time that they have. But I think a two-hour raw would be better. Would you rather see? I think if there was a two-hour raw, we would go back to there being no tag team division. I don't want that to happen. Like I like the fact that we get to see more of everybody on a weekly basis. And I really think that's what happened when we got a three-hour Raw. They allowed us to get some of these mid-cards, other titles, actually back to a place of somewhat prominence mm-hmm. that a two-hour show does not accommodate. But, but what about unfortunately, it? Yeah. Go, no, uh, keep going, keep going. I was going to say, but unfortunately, they just fill it with you know a lot of um, packages, video packages, rehashing the last couple of weeks of the show. Mm-hmm. And... They're not effectively utilizing their time. There's still a lot of people we don't get to touch base with because of how they mismanage time. But I think a two-hour streamlined Raw and a live two-hour SmackDown where you... Because now you've got... Because right now they have a three-hour Raw and a two-hour SmackDown that nobody cares about. If you did a two-hour Raw and a two-hour SmackDown and you made both shows, I don't necessarily think we need a brand extension. But if you had a two-hour Raw and a two-hour SmackDown that both shows had stories being told, it wasn't just, let's take these guys and put them in a tag match or a rematch. It's, we're going to tell you all of the stories you want to see, but on two shows... I think that's going to be a better situation than a three-hour show because I we've talked. I can't watch a three-hour show without getting bored somewhere in the middle. A two-hour show might not be that. I might not have that problem. I mean, you're right. I will say I can't remember the last time I watched Raw start to finish on Monday night. Yeah, you know, I I have a. There's much more of a chance that I'm going to watch from eight to ten than from eight to eleven, and part of that's just because I'm an old man. I fully admit to that. But are you p- likely to watch two hours if it's nine to eleven? Because that's really what we're talking about. No, and and again, that's again. This is fully. I just. I'm an old man. I'm an octogenarian who likes to go to bed sometime between nine and ten. So if it's a nine to eleven show, I don't think there is a chance. But again, I'd have an easier time watching it the next morning or the next day. But I want to talk about the Slammies because. You could have no momentum in that show last week because you would have a segment 
and then they'd award a Slammy. And they would read the nominees, then go to commercial, and then announce the, you know, it was just so segmented and so hard to follow. You know, watching it the next morning, I could fast forward and skip through things, which made it easier, but I I just could not care any less about the Slammy Awards if I tried. What did you think of the whole thing? You know, I liked seeing Paul Heyman, I liked seeing Seth Rollins, I loved seeing Santino, but you... It was just such a waste of time. Your thoughts, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Slammy for Breakout Star of the Year. Nominees are Kevin Owens, Neville, Charlotte, Tyler Breeze, and Braun Strowman. Who came up with that list of nominees? First of all, who would you have added in their place? I don't know, but has Tyler Breeze really done anything on the main roster to warrant a nomination as Breakout Star of the Year? I think he's won at a pay-per-view. Uh-huh. Who's he even feuding with right now? Goldust. Oh, news to me. Apparently that happened on SmackDown. Goldust came out and invaded his little VIP segment and was trying to take selfies with Summer Rae. And again... Part of me wants to go back and watch that because I love Goldust. I just read his book. It was phenomenal. But you can't make me care about SmackDown. They're not making me care about that show. But but again, my question is, who else? You know, the breakout star of the year is essentially a rookie of the year category. There's only a handful of people who came, who made their debut. And it's those five, you know, you could have added Becky Lynch, I suppose, or Sasha Banks, but WWE doesn't seem to care about her at all. So we're going to get to Sasha Banks later on. Okay, so, you know, I, again, I was going back and forth with Jason Maltoff and some other people online because it seemed, I've always thought the Slammies were rigged. I always assumed that they, they were trying to use the Slammies. I think that they, it is rigged, um, except for when they choose not to rig it. Well, you know, maybe they, I think we kind of agreed that unless it's, but again, that category in particular. Obviously, Kevin Owens was supposed to win in their minds because they built the entire segment around that. Dolph Ziggler's giving the giving the award. Kevin Owens comes out, and the two of them have some heated things that lead to a match. Neville was a curveball. Nobody expected that, including Neville. And they had to kind of ad lib and have Kevin Owens, you know, come out and essentially just move him along to get to the story. Right. So they did that. You know, Which ha- means that the voting is legitimate, right? Well, if it, but then if it, if it was rigged, Neville would have been inserted into the Intercontinental Title picture, which I thought he should have been. It made perfect sense for that to be a way to do it. But obviously, they let no. The fans... If it had been rigged, Kevin Owens would have won. Well, yes. Well, yes. But, but then, then, but then you've got later on in the same show, Diva of the Year going to Nikki Bella. Do you still think it's not rigged? Because I can't imagine the fans actually voted for her. I would love to see some demographic data on who Slammy fans voting are. You know, I would love to know who they are because now granted, if it's a bunch of kids, which I suspect the majority of them are under, you know, sixteen years old, I don't see them voting for Nikki Bella either, but I don't know. I maybe it wasn't rigged. Maybe that or maybe that was rigged. But again, why would you bring Nikki Bella out. Nikki Bella hasn't been on TV in a while. Wouldn't you use that to continue the storyline with Paige and Charlotte and Becky Lynch? 
Now, I got to say, I saw some people saying, oh, man, I can't believe that Nikki Bella won Diva of the Year in a year when Sasha Banks is on the roster. But Sasha, 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 Sasha. Look, guys, we get it. Sasha Banks is good. Correction, was good. Um, but she hasn't done anything since she got to the main roster. Sasha, anything. Sasha Banks is the IWC slash neighborhood darling. And I apologize to any of you out there because I, the NAI 150, I'm looking at the data. You know, polls close Monday night after Raw. And already, Sasha Banks is on people's list as the greatest female wrestler of all time. Now, and she, she has done nothing. She is very on the main she is very good. Don't get me wrong. She has the potential in 10 years when we're having this conversation on DDT wrestling. Uh it's entirely possible that she might be the greatest female wrestler of all time. But if you're going to tell me right now that she is, I'm going to wonder again. I'm not going to say you're wrong. That's your opinion. You have your opinion. But I'm going to wonder about the demographics of the person who votes for Sasha Banks. Did you watch Lita and Trish Stratus? Did you watch Sable? Did you watch Alundra Blaze in the 90s? Because if you started watching wrestling two years ago and all you've watched is WWE and NXT, Sasha Banks is the greatest female wrestler. But it depends on your perspective. Um, And Nikki Bella held that title for the vast majority of this year. So if you look at 2015 altogether... There's a case to be made for Nikki Bella as Diva of the Year. I think there's only a case for it if the voting is rigged. <laughs> no, I, I don't necessarily think so. She put on good matches. She was champion until when did Charlotte win the title? August? September, maybe? Yeah, it hasn't been that long. No, you I, know. I, don't get me wrong. But looking back to that title reign, it was a joke that was manufactured and forced by the management within WWE. She was never popular. You maybe came around towards the end. You thought she had some good matches once the Divas Revolution started, but nothing she did before any of those NXT people came up was memorable or worth talking about. No. And I would even say that most of the things that happened afterwards were not memorable on Nikki's behalf. Um, maybe she was led to some decent matches, and maybe she has improved, but I don't think she's anything to write home about. Not period. Nor I. I think she's a you know she she did a decent job, but a casual fan who's only watching Monday Night Raw and can look back on 2015 will go, "Wow, she was the champion for most of the year." I guess that qualifies. I can see where someone might vote for Nikki Bella. I guess, but again, I think they. They rig it when it suits their purpose, or they have plans and plan. You know, and again, I go back to the Kevin Owens thing. And honestly, I go back to the Kevin Owens thing because I can't remember. You know, the Usos won Tag Team of the Year. That seemed ridiculous. Um, but I can't remember. You know, Paul Heyman came out. Was that the OMG moment? Was that why he was there? Because yeah. all I remember is Paul Heyman coming out talking about Brock Lesnar. I don't, you know, again, we go back to that not, the Slammy Awards to me have not been memorable since Owen Hart won them and used them as his gimmick. Yeah, correct. That was the last time the Slammys mattered to me. But other people like them. Um, I just think you could have, I know the the NAI pod WEEI edition, which you can find on the WEEI live app, uh, Boston Sports Radio Station, features the New Age Insiders. They talk about fixing the Slammys. I'd like to do it as its own award show. Again, you know, maybe it's part of Raw, maybe it's a separate thing on the network, but have it be an actual event and not take up what I would consider to be precious time on Monday Night Raw. 
but that's just me. I don't. Uh, if you're not going to do it on television, I don't think the Slammies are something that are needed. I I mean, it's a it's a fake award show. That well, is well written why, by why the not, company. Why not make it legitimate? If you're going to treat it as a separate entity altogether, why not make it legitimate? Why not well, actually? That's fine, have, but that's not really the Slammies. That, I mean, that would be something else. I you think. know, but well, I, I you change the concept the of an award show legitimate, but then you'd actually have to have an industry. You'd have to actually have you know judges. You'd actually like the Oscars. It, it's it goes out to hundreds and hundreds of people, th- and it's not just the people who are in the movies that are up. F- for the awards. In order to be a legitimate thing, you actually have to get outside opinions voting on these things. Like, WWE's never going to let go that kind of control and invite management from Ring of Honor and TNA and, you know, wherever else in the world to decide their awards categories. It's just not the way it is. They're a self-serving corporation. Well, I think you have... I I look at the People's Choice Awards, you know, you have or the MTV Video Music Awards. You know, they're not going to be... You're not having the Oscars or the Emmys or anything like that. But if you had... Maybe you had a group of Hall of Famers... You know, a group of former WWE talent that might be able to weigh in, and they can—they were a percentage of the vote. You have the WWE Universe; they're a percentage of the vote, and you know, you actually do some awards because you know John Cena won an award and Sting won an award, and neither of them were there. What was the purpose of that? When not, you know, the people who were nominated for the Steve award, Austin won an award on the pre-show. He wasn't there. You, you know, it, it, it makes it feel such like an like we're just killing time right now. This, you know, we're a weekly episodic show. We need to stay weekly and episodic. So we're going to put the Slammies up, even though you know Mark Henry is going to accept an award on behalf of whomever John Cena. I think, mm-hmm. you know, have an event. Put it on USA. Put it on the WWE. The Network. Rock and Ronda Rousey uh, won an award. The Awesome Moment Award. They See, weren't there. I, you have that, you know, and that, and if they can't be there, you have them film. Brock Lesnar won an award. He wasn't there. Yeah, and at least he had someone there to speak for him. You know, Paul Heyman was there to speak for him, which at least made it better. But you have an event where people are invited, and they, you know, and if they can't attend, they do some sort of, you know, The Rock shows up on the set of whatever movie he's yeah. working on and thanks the, you know, thanks the fans. Uh, speaking of The Rock, a lot of people are very upset, Doc, because The Rock has not publicly congratulated Roman Reigns on winning the world heavyweight title. Who cares? I kind of feel that way, too. You know, I came up with some kayfabe way that this is going to lead to a Rock versus Roman Reigns feud. I don't honestly believe that. It was just something I made up just to, sure. keep, just to keep the neighborhood interested. But, you know, do you think it's that, like, a lot of people are making a big deal of it and, like, calling out The Rock on Twitter for, you know, not recognizing family. You're, you speak about family all the time. Is it a big deal, or are we making mountains out of molehills again? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I understand where people are coming from who say that, but I personally couldn't care less about what some social media manager posts to The Rock's official Twitter account. Fair. I, 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 don't, I don't care. All right. I, was there anything from Raw that you enjoyed? Because you're, you're, yes. you're, you're down on the product, and that's fine. It was not a show that a lot, you know, some people liked it. I got into, you know, Shannon Scott, one of the, my favorite wrestling writer and 
you know, one of my favorite people in the neighborhood. She and I went back and forth on a number of different topics about Raw. She really enjoyed the show. That's great. Find you're happy. If you loved the show, fantastic. But a lot of people didn't. So I just, I want some positivity from you, Doc. Give me some positivity. Give me something that you enjoyed from Raw. Santino Morella. I was so happy. I was He's so funny. He's a funny guy. Happy. And not I, only is he a funny guy, but he he had that laugh out loud moment award, and they showed us a few things on there that, you know, did remind me of some good wrestle silly that happened this year. Although, again, I, I gotta find the list here. Um because again, who came up with the nominees for this thing? Edge and Christian playing their kazoos to the new day. Like, don't get me wrong, I was excited to see Edge and Christian, and, like, that was a good moment, but I can't remember laughing, really, to that. It wasn't, like, drop-dead funny. I chortled. Um, I chortled. Okay, all right. Um, the Bushwhackers for their WWE Hall of Fame induction? Yeah, that was kind of lame. They they licked each other. I get it. And don't get me wrong, man, I like the Bushwhackers. They were in my favorites when I was a kid. They were the perfect sort of goofiness that little kids liked, but... Again, I didn't find anything particularly humorous about that segment. Um, The Miz and Damian Sandow for their erectile dysfunction commercial. Yes, I think Damian Sandow did some incredibly comedic things in his role this year. Would I call that the highlight? No. I think they could have... I think they could... I know it's the moment of the year. But you could have given it to... You know, Damian Sandow as Miz Dow could have gotten a nomination because that was great. That was was. some great television right there. And then they had uh, R-Truth thinking he had a Money in the Bank spot. That was funny. R-Truth was... I I also... I thought... I thought... I'm glad that won because I did legitimately think that was funny. But I thought it was funnier when he did it the second time. When he came out thinking he had a spot in the uh, tournament. Remember that? It wasn't the ladder match. It was at the end of the heavyweight title tournament he came out and was like I'm gonna and they were like you're not even in the finals you haven't been part of this tournament for the last month I thought when they revisited that yes. joke you know the callback that I thought that moment was funnier than the original so I would have nominated that moment with well, and again, and but that's, that's, that's splitting hails I, 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 I think I know it's the moment of the year but I think Ms. Dow should have been nominated R-Truth overall I liked that he came out and they they referenced the Miss Universe thing I like when they bring in pop culture it helps to keep them relevant they're like Saturday Night Live they're on every single week well that wasn't for this I mean that was for the Devo no it was but still but still I thought that was that was you know I thought they did a nice job with that that was Um, fine you know I I honestly didn't pay attention to any of the nominees for any of the awards because I don't care I just don't. I loved seeing Santino out there. I heard he had some funny moments. He had a holiday party on SmackDown um, that got ruined. And, of course, so then we saw sad Santino. He may never wrestle again. I know he's had some neck injuries. He's got a wrestling school. You need to find something for him to do because he is just exquisite, exquisite wrestle silly that needs to be part of my weekly Raw viewing. He's great. So, Santino saved the day. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. I don't have anything else major, you know. I'm still hoping. I'm still going to try to ride the path to positivity that we're still heading in the right direction. This was a a little hiccup, I'm going to say. A little hiccup around the holidays because a lot of people aren't focused on it. 
you know, next week, Monday, in a couple of days. I don't even know what day it is anymore. That's how crazy holiday-ish I've been. Um, do you own a PlayStation 4? Let me just go randomly off on a different tangent. Do you own a PlayStation 4? No. Okay. Do you own uh, any next-gen console? Well, I believe you mean current-gen, given that they've been out for two years now. Well, with... Yes, I suppose so. And I don't think there's any reports of a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox 2. Do you own an Xbox One? I do. Do you, do you find them worth purchasing? Because a lot of people in the neighborhood have been after me for a long time to buy a PlayStation 4. Um, I, I came into some Amazon gift cards. Uh, I, I had some luck at the casino the other day. So I, I'm wondering what to purchase. And I, I'm wondering whether or not a PlayStation 4 is worth it. And I just was curious as to your thoughts. What do you it use? It depends. You're not, you're not a console gamer, to the best no. of my knowledge. You've always been a PC gamer. Correct. Because I've also thought maybe I should just try to buy a new computer to play video games on. So what do you use your Xbox One for primarily? Well, when it came time to buy one of the current-gen gaming systems, uh, I chose the Xbox One because I had owned a PlayStation 3. And looking over the course of the product cycle, all the games that came out, PlayStation exclusive games, for the most part, do nothing for me. Uh, I don't care about the Resistance games, although that hasn't really been ongoing uh, this generation. I don't care about Killzone. I don't care about Uncharted. Uh, the Last of Us was a good single-off game. And I wouldn't be wrong, I enjoyed Uncharted too, but they're not must-haves for me. Meanwhile, on the Xbox side of things, I... I'm looking forward to the next Gears of War. I've always liked those games. Halo, Halo 5 recently came out. I love those games. Um, so just sort of like uh, Forza, Forza Horizon, the racing games that are on the Xbox. The, the, the series that were on Xbox were just more appealing to me. And having had a PlayStation 3 and having access to all the PlayStation exclusives last generation, I found that I ended up not playing a lot of those games, a lot of their sequels. So I decided to go the other way. Now, as you were saying, I'm really not much of a console gamer. This generation, I did play some of the Xbox One exclusives. Um, I played, um, well, not just exclusive, but like I played Destiny. Destiny is on both consoles. Um, and early on, I played like Dead Rising 3, which is an exclusive, and I liked that quite a bit. But, I mean, I'm not really there for the games. I don't really care about playing games on controllers. I prefer the mouse and keyboard. So really part of it came down to having a good um, entertainment experience in the living room. And you know, we do a lot of streaming video. We do a lot of uh, you know Netflix, Hulu, WWE Network, yada, yada, yada. And the Xbox One has the HDMI in, so you can put your cable box through there. So, I mean, for Mrs. Manson, I think that was a good thing because it means that she never has to touch an input setting on a controller ever again. She just turns it on, and she goes to whatever app she wants. If she wants to watch television, that's just an app on the Xbox. She wants to go to Netflix, she just switches over. Um, it's very straightforward, it's very streamlined, it's very uh, quick and easy to use. So that was part of also my justification there. I wanted just sort of a unified experience in the living room, and I think it actually delivers on that very, very well. All right, because we have a pair of PlayStation 3s that are right now glorified streaming 
you know, we yeah, use them sure. for we use them for Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I have some games, but with the exception of Skyrim, which a couple of times a year I go back to and play for you know a few weeks, I I don't play games anymore. Um, yeah. You know, WWE 2K16 has come out. I'm interested in it. Uh, you know, I, a lot of people in the neighborhood seem to be playing it and enjoying it. So besides that game, though, I, you know, I'm not a big shooting kind of game. You know, you recommended Red Dead Redemption. I picked that up and played it for a while and then lost interest. So, mm. yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out because part of me is thinking PlayStation 4, WWE 2K16. You know, we do have three televisions now, so each one would have a gaming system since we don't pay for cable. So we need the Netflix thing. But part of me is considering upgrading my desktop and you know, Skyrim has all of these mods, which apparently yep. allow you to modify the the gaming experience. So I'm interested in that. Uh, you know, there are other PC games that I'm... What are you laughing at? I'm not laughing at anything. I'm, I'm nodding my head. Okay. You're going down the dark path. Become one of the... Uh... Become one of us. Become a PC gamer. I, I I enjoy you know PC gaming. We you and I played, we played World of Warcraft for a long time. We played some other games for a while. City so, of Heroes. Oh, that was a good game. That was C- a good game. City of Heroes was a good game. All right. So I'm looking into it. I'm 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 looking for for you know interest here. I I doubt WWE 2K16 is going to be any good on a PC. Wrestling games have never been good on PCs uh, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But I was just curious, getting you onto a topic that I know you are more interested in. Is there a game coming out in 2016 that you are very excited for on any format? PC, console, what have you? Because I've looked at games to, you know, to try to you know, spark some interest and haven't found anything. You know, Dishonored 2 might be good. I like the first game of that. So your, your um, thoughts on the gaming world? I honestly, this year has not been a great game. Has not been a great year for gaming, at least for me. There, I haven't been very interested in a lot of the games coming out recently. Um, I used to be a big fan of like the Battlefield games, mm-hmm. but I didn't even bother. They came out with one real, real early this year, Battlefield Hardline. I didn't even play it. I was just sick to death of it, um, and I was sick of how the previous ones were constantly broken, um, in need of patches when they came out. Um, they recently released a, a Battlefield version of uh, a Star Wars game, Battlefront. Yes. Which I, I actually picked that up and I played it for a little bit, and it's okay. Um, but it's just, again, I've, a shooting game. I've seen v- pictures of you know Darth Vader wandering around throwing yeah, lightsabers at things. It's fun. It's a nice little twist. And can you like can you universe. play as Darth Vader or are you yes, just you a can. soldier? Oh, okay, you're mostly just a soldier. But if you pick up the correct power up, you can spawn as a hero of which or or villain, hero or villain, depending on which side you are currently on. And Darth Vader is one of those options. Yes. Okay. Um, so I mean, it's fun, but I'm not overly invested in Star Wars these days either. Um, I do want to go see the new film. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I have not. There, I believe when we when we go to Maine for our holiday, we are going to see it. I I had it spoiled for me. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to say a word. I haven't heard a single thing about that film. Luke Skywalker's pregnant, but that's all I know. Oh, you son of a bitch! Yeah, but I'm I want to see it, but I'm not like super excited about it. Most of my goodwill for that franchise was you know, maimed 
by the prequels, mm-hmm. um, which I think is fair. I, I've ne- you know I enjoyed the movies, but having you know I think we were born the year that Return of the Jedi came out, so we kind of missed. You know. I got into Star Wars because in the mid-90s they re-released the original films as special editions in the theater. Yes. And that was, you know, before everybody knew that the special editions were garbage. But honestly, I got to see those in the theater and that sort of reignited my love for mm-hmm. Star Wars. Because like you said, they kind of come out before us. Yes. So having them in the theater in that manner, having it be a big deal, I think made me excited about that series when I would not have been otherwise. Um, so that was a cool experience as a kid, for sure. Yeah. And I was really bummed because I liked Darth Maul, and I was bummed yeah. that he, you know, got cleft in twain uh, right at the in end the of the first film. In the first film, I thought they could have done more with him. I thought that was such he had a, such a cool look. The double the right. double bladed I mean, lightsaber was cool. You know, the actor Ray Park is a great martial artist. He was Toad in the original X Men mm-hmm. movie. So yeah, they just they they no whatever. We All right, spend years talking about that. But yeah, in terms of other games, the one that I'm playing that I played a bit this year, um, a bit, hmm, uh, Seven Days to Die. I think you've heard me talk about it before. I have, but tell tell us a little bit about it, because it is an interesting premise that I wouldn't get into personally, but there might be people in the neighborhood who would. So here on you DD, could get into it. Here on DDT Video Games, because yes, because that's true, because you've talked about, I, I played Minecraft from time to this time. This game is Minecraft. It's a voxel-based World. Seven so days to die. Go for it. Right. It's a voxel-based world in which uh, the zombie apocalypse basically has happened. You spawn. Um, in one mode of the game, the world is randomly generated. So you just wander around finding, you know, bombed-out buildings and different sort of remnants, houses. And you just try to find supplies, food, water. And then once you start, you know, establishing yourself so the survival aspects maybe are less critical, then you start building up a base and you start trying to get other resources so you can make your stronghold um, more protective against the main threat of this world, which of course are the zombies, right? And it's got a cool dynamic where during the day the zombies are your traditional sort of Romero-style shambling, walking zombies. And then at night they become feral, so they start moving quicker, uh, they run and things like that. So you basically never want to find yourself stuck outside at night. So you have to do all your business during the day and kind of just hunker down and try to survive the nights. And then every seven days, um, part of the title of the game, right, Seven Days to Die, every seven days this massive sort of zombie horde comes for you at night. And so you basically have to spend the week um, trying to really barricade yourself and prepare yourself for this uh, onslaught that you know is coming. And can the zombies... Because in Minecraft, the the monsters can't, to the best of my knowledge, can't attack you. You know, if you build a fort, they're not going to degrade the fort. You're never going to need to go out and make repairs unless something blows up. Oh, Uh, yeah. In in this game, do the zombies start to, like, tear down what you've been building? Absolutely. Interesting. Those seven-day hordes basically GPS to you, so they know exactly where you are, and they are coming for you. Um, So they will try to break down walls, they'll try to get through doors, there are certain zombies which are able to climb, and they'll come over walls if you have not engineered your structure such as to prevent that. Um, It's pretty cool. There are some zombies that, uh, you know, like, that you'll come across during the day, and if they see you, they'll, they'll scream, which will bring other zombies in. Um, there's zombie dogs, which are really fast and a giant pain in the arse to try to fight. Um, 
But I don't know. I don't know what it is about this game. It's an early access on Steam, so it's not even like the finished product, which is part of the reason why I probably keep playing it because they keep having these major milestone releases where they add a bunch of new features. And every time that happens, I'll go back in and play the game for another twenty to forty to sixty hours. Um, I think I've got over three hundred hours into this game total at this point. Um, it's ridiculous how much I've played this game. Um, and I keep going back to it. Is there just something about it? They recently released a patch, a major patch, Alpha 13, a week ago, two weeks ago maybe, and I've just been playing it, playing it, playing it since it came out. Um, before that, I said I played a little bit of Battlefront, but I probably hadn't really played anything for months. And just something about this game. And again, I think you would like it, man. It's got that Minecraft thing to it, but there's more danger to it. Um, I know but you see, don't like it. being that's, scared. That's, I, I, but, I don't like being scared. Man. But that's the game part of it, you know what I mean? And yeah, I don't get me wrong, it's a little frightening at first. The zombies make creepy noises and, you know, whatever. But by the time, once you once you learn it, once you know the behaviors and you know what's in store, it's not really a scary game. It's not trying to frighten you like, like a horror game would. It's just those are what the threat happened to be. You All know right. what I mean? All right. Well, I don't know. I'm going to have to see because... You know, and I, it's frequently on sale for about eleven dollars. So mm. that's you know, well, that's also that's also a good I think. So I don't know. I'm gonna get a lot. Of the neighborhood's gonna start yelling at you because they thought they had me with the PS4. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Here's I think, what I'm gonna tell you to do: you get yourself a Roku box to get streaming capability on your third television. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the television that Mrs. Matthews just bought me, and I just hooked it up to. My computer. So, you know, my... The, my How many t- rooms are in your house? We have a, a television and a PS3 in the living room. We have a television and PS3 in the bedroom. And I have the television hooked up to my computer here in the podcast studio slash office slash guest bedroom slash So you have cave. basically a television in every room except for your kitchen. And possibly the bathroom? Well, and there's the dining room, which is also my wife has a personal business, so that's her space. Uh, no, and, you know, I can bring the Chromebook into the bathroom if I need to watch TV in there. Ah, yeah. So. I was, I was just curious. We have one television. Well, but you're a PC gamer. I guess so. If you, had, if you were really big into console gaming, I imagine the room I'm looking at you in right now would have a television. It's true. I mean, there are two PC monitors in here for yeah. my workstation here. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's kind of the same thing. Well, all so. right. I will have to. I will have to look into it. Would you recommend if I do get a new desktop? And I, I'm sure we're just fans are just tuning out right now. <laughs> uh, but I don't care. It's the holidays. We're going to talk about what we want to talk about. Uh, if you if I do get a new desktop, would you recommend continuing to use the monitor as a monitor you know the television as a monitor or would you recommend me getting a an actual monitor it's probably fine sometimes you have to screw around a little bit with the graphics settings to get it to output correctly to a television but at the end of the day it's just you know a 1080p or 720p or whatever mm-hmm. resolution your tv is it's if once you get the settings right it's it's fine mm. i don't know well the settings, i prefer monitors myself but you know whatever the settings were right on this television that allowed me to watch NXT which was uh, kind of a leftover from London. You know, not nothing majorly new happened. I suppose Sami Zayn came back and wrestled. In a very lackluster match against Ty, Ty Dillinger. Dillinger. Well, in Ty Dillinger, you know, I wish it would have been Sami Zayn versus Bull Dempsey. You know, Ty Dillinger, I love that character <laughs> so much. I don't understand why he's jobber to the stars. You know, he could be getting a push, and I hope he does in 2016. Well, he's just the new 
Tyler Breeze. Well, and and he's just I don't know. He he's the the new Tyler Breeze. I suppose that's true. He is the new in Tyler multiple, Breeze. you know, multiple levels. He's the new Tyler Breeze. But um, you know, I'm always glad to see Sami Zayn back. You know it. It was a match. It was, you know, it was a match. Obviously, it was a let's get back into the ring style kind of match. Um, I'm not sure, you know, he got on the mic at the end of the show, and but and I think just said I'm back and thank you for coming. Like he didn't basically he didn't make you know. I wish he would have declared and said I'm coming back for my title or Kevin Owens, watch out, I'm going to be coming for you sooner than you think. You know that to me seemed like what what's he going to do? I'm not sure where Sami Zayn's going to go in 2016. Me neither. You know, is he going to challenge for the NXT title? Is he going to make it to the main roster soon? Is he now back to the mid card of NXT? Are we going to be watching him wrestling Baron Corbin? I, you know, I'm not sure where yeah. Sami Zayn goes from here. So, you know, he had that injury came at a really bad time for him and for, you know, his his trajectory. So, I'm not sure where we go from there. Um, the big star of that NXT yesterday, not surprisingly, because you and I love these two. Jason Jordan and Chad Gable are, every time I watch them, they are just so much better than they were the last time. They are, yeah. they are making such strides, it's a little ridiculous. That four-way match was great television. Mm-hmm. It, I, it's a shame it didn't make it onto NXT. You know, it could have replaced some of those, you know, I know Baron Corbin and Apollo Crews was the better story. Uh, even Bailey Nia Jax, I would have rather watched that match, the fourth four-way tag. On TakeOver, than, you mean? Yes, on, on yeah, the actual yeah. show itself. Yeah. Um, but they were great. You know, I thought the Vaudevillains did well. I thought the hype bros... Vaudevillains did very well at times against Jordan and Gable. The, I thought the, they... Uh... Simon Gotch is a really good wrestler. Yeah, he's apparently. really good. Uh, you know, the hype rose and Banff really didn't have a huge purpose in that match to me, but I thought it was fine. You know, I like Buddy Murphy. I do think he's you know got some talent, though. I I, I have yet to have the Freddy Krueger thing explained to me. Do we know why they're wearing the Freddy Krueger stuff? Because it's Christmas. Is his and it's red is his green. shirt red and green? I thought yeah. it was red and black. No, it's red and green. Oh. Is that supposed to be a Christmas movie? No. It just happens to be red and green. Okay. So maybe it's... All right. Well, shows you how much I pay attention to I think that's really from. all it was, is they decided to do something festive for the holidays, and the red and green are the colors, and they said, oh, Freddy Krueger, we can do that. I think that's really as far as... Either that or it. Alexa Bliss is just really obsessed with the hand jewelry. I don't... Yeah, could be. I don't get it. Um, yeah. But that match was good. Jordan and Gable, you know, I predicted... Months ago, that they were going to win the NXT tag titles by the end of 2015. Obviously, that's not going to come true. But, but it's, it can't it's be a, much longer. It's right? a matter of time in 2016 before they. You know, I, I tweeted this earlier, and I stand by. I like Jason Jordan's suplexes better than Brock Lesnar's. He broke out like five or six in a row, and they were all slightly different. And it was it was a you know I, I thought of Kurt Angle or Chris Benoit with the you know or Taz for that matter. It was, it was a thing of beauty. Um, you know what was not a thing of beauty? I, I, I think I was going to try to make this same segue. What was not a thing of beauty to you? Uh, a debut, which occurred on NXT. The wrestling hobo? Indeed. Elias Sampson. The drifter. He's terrible. The end. 
I thought I thought all the promos that they had the last couple of weeks were interesting, different, change of pace. Uh, it, it was something that got me to pay attention to my television because you know just just the musical quality of them uh, drew my attention in a way that the constant wham bam thank you man of all the other video packages do not anymore. Um, but he came to the ring and didn't really do much in a match against Bull Dempsey. It, well, let me just talk for a minute about how sad Bull Dempsey has made me in 2015. That bullfit stuff was phenomenal. The videos and everything. And now it's just overweight guy in an overweight gimmick poking fun at himself. That's yeah. all he's become now. And I, I, that's a crying shame because he can be really good. Um I, I thought it was funny on Twitter. Somebody posted, oh, so that's what Damian Sandow is doing. Because Elias uh-huh. Sampson does look a little like Damian Sandow. Um, you know, I thought his finisher, was the top rope elbow was good. It was a good elbow, but I'm not sure it plays today. No. Like it used to. No, but I thought it was, his execution of it was good. I'm not yeah, sure, absolutely. you know, I don't understand why he started playing the guitar after the match. That Well, because he's he plays a drifter. the guitar. I don't know. I thought him walking out with the guitar over his shoulder was cool. Um, You know, I'm intrigued. I don't know where it's going to go. It doesn't look like a gimmick that's going to translate to the main roster, like a lot of these gimmicks now. You know, Tyler Breeze, at least I could see where it would go on the main roster. A guitar-playing hobo, I don't see that Well, let's ask Jeff Jarrett how that turned out. Well, and again, you know, if you're going to use the guitar as a weapon and it's going to be, you know, it just is one of your props, that can work. You know, if if in six months his gimmick is not he's a guitar playing hobo, it's just he's he's called the drifter and occasionally he hits people with the guitar. That's going to be fine. No, but, that's what it's going to become. Well, and and I'm okay with that. But again, it's a lot of these gimmicks in NXT: the Vaudevillains, um, Ty Dillinger. Although Ty Dillinger can make it, but you know the Bull Dempsey thing. These gimmicks are not going to go anywhere on the main roster and I don't understand if this is the developmental why are you developing something that doesn't have a future yeah so I, I, I'm confused by that but I thought NXT was good it was you know what else a I'm nice thing to watch by? on Christmas what are you confused by Doc what the hell is Bailey doing she had that match against Nia Jax and the only thing I can tell you that's going on in the women's division of NXT is that Asuka is really making Emma and Dana continue to be mad. And she also had a cool interaction with Nia Jax. Hmm. I think I think that's so where, where we're going. And again, this comes back to you know a, a long-term problem I've had with the way they do the tapings, you know. You can't continue. It's all about furthering the story. You can't further the story when the NXT following TakeOver is a recap show. You know, they had a couple of live segments from London, which couldn't tell any more stories because they didn't know what the results were. And then you showed little highlights of what happened at TakeOver, which, of course, then begs the question, well, why did we watch TakeOver if you're just the next week on NXT going to show us what happens? You know, so so again, this is when Bailey won the title, it took two or three weeks for her to show up on TV with the title because they just, they had shows that they had already taped or they were doing recaps. 
I, and I know they have a taping schedule and I know they don't have the same kind of budget that WWE might, but it feels like we haven't seen Bailey in a while. I'm assuming where we're going to answer your question, Bailey and Oscar versus Nia Jax and Eva Marie. I think that's what's next oh is boy. we're going to see that the matches will be good. Did you see the, did, did you see the Christmas picture that I shared with you? Somebody posted a picture of Oscar in a red get up. Yes. And Someone you, I had seen it before. Somebody else had already sent it oh. to me on Twitter. Any, any Oscar stuff gets sent to you. That's that's it sure does. It sure does. Yeah. So, um, which which let's make this transition because that's what I think is happening. Um, we have asked you, neighborhood. So, uh, uh, I, oh, continue. Make your final point. So a while back, this might have been before DDT Wrestling was the name of the show. I had talked about how in WWE there is no women's mid-card because on the main roster all those divas are in the women's title picture or we just don't see them right yes. well i think the last you know little bit span of time here they actually snuck in a mid-card women's division in NXT um Bailey was at the top doing her thing and then we had a bunch of really strong sort of things going on in the mid-card which I would characterize as Emma Dana Asuka um Peyton you know they, they were starting to build this thing they were having two sometimes three matches on a on a show of NXT that were all women's matches that they had for a little while there actually made a a, a separation of mid card and main event, mm-hmm. there was definitely there was definite the there was definite depth to the women's yes. division. And now, the th- just the, the point I want to make is, it seems like they are uh, regressing to now. Yeah, we still have that strong mid card, but now the main event women's scene has deteriorated to the point where it's practically non-existent. So now we've lost the depth, but we lost it from the top. Mm-hmm. Bailey is still there as champion, but what the heck is she doing? I couldn't tell you. But haven't nor we had, is there anybody else in that division with her. Haven't we had this discussion about NXT in general? You know, they had so 2014. You had Neville. You had Kevin Owens. You had Sami Zayn. You had Finn Balor just coming up. They had all of this talent at the top, and then almost. All of it goes to WWE, and we've talked about it. They had to have a tag team tournament just to fill the time of but the I show. But I felt like they had successfully maintained depth to their women's division after losing Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha. I felt like when Bailey was there initially as champion, maybe she had like that first match against Sasha when Sasha came back. Um, and then like even the stuff that she did with Eva Marie and the stuff they did with... You know, I guess technically Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a main event because she was the champion and the people up there dealing with her. And there was a whole separate thing happening beneath her. Well, yes. But now, but I, now, it's now gone. But well, nothing's changed. They haven't lost any talent. It's not like the other part of NXT that you were bringing up where all those people defected to the main roster. But Nobody else has left. Was there really a great main event... After Sasha left, you know, no, there was not. Sasha but... and Bailey got you through Brooklyn, which was in August, and then Takeover Respect was probably September, late September, early yeah. October. After that, it's been Bailey versus. You had that thing with Eva, which was phenomenal. Then you had this little bit with Nia Jax. Now Oscar's probably going to start making her presence felt in there, but 
all that happened was Sasha left for good. You know, I I, I would say the last few months with Bailey as champion, without Sasha Banks there, I haven't been as invested. You know, Eva Marie, I thought, made an interesting challenger with that whole corporate thing. But that happened in one night, and then it was gone. And after that, it They've became, you know, with it. they had a little bit with Alexa Bliss going back and forth. But I don't know that they actually ever had a match. It was just they had a couple of backstage segments. Oh, yeah, that was it. She had some decent stuff with Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. So again, there, there, at that time, there again was a nice division from Sasha to Alexa but, but to would Eva. You, but would you call all that, that stuff worked? But that to me wasn't made. I event. think the step back is once they went to Naya, and now I have no idea what Bailey's doing. But I think they sustained it pretty well there mm-hmm. with Sasha, Alexa, and Eva. You might be right, but I would, you know, Sasha Banks and Bailey were such a main of you know they main evented Takeover Respect. That was the mm-hmm. main event of the show. Has Bailey seemed to be a main event person since then? You know, has any of her work with Sasha Banks or even maybe the Eva Marie bit? But that's not a main event feud. I think what happened in my mind is your main event level stars took a step back because Bailey's great. Well, you know, certainly talented. The gimmick's going to work with the kids. But she's not going to be, she doesn't strike me as a credible champion, especially when you have matches, and I know people got on me for this, where she spends 20 minutes getting beat up and then happens to win at the end. Right. That's That to me is not how a dominant champion is supposed to be. So I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a main event women's division with Bailey and Nia Jax and Eva Marie somewhere in there. Asuka's going to come up, but Asuka's that next person. You and I talk about it every single week. Asuka's the next person who is going to make that women's title, if she ever holds it, mean something, because she is a main event star in the waiting. Um, you know, And I think also part of it is, since TakeOver, they can't tell any more stories. You know, it's been two weeks since TakeOver. It feels like longer, and they haven't been able to tell any more stories. We don't know where Baron Corbin's going to go next. Is he going to feud with Finn Balor? Is he going to continue feuding with Apollo Crews? Where does Samoa Joe fit into all this? They need to clean up their schedule, because you're right. These live events, they always lose time after the live events. Yeah. And they need need to fix their schedule so that doesn't happen. You know, the Raw after a pay-per-view is almost never, you know, the Raw after TLC, Roman Reigns wins the title. So you are you are slingshotting forward, you are rocketing forward with the stories at a high rate of speed. NXT's the right after the takeover, it's, oh, hey, Sami Zayn's back, and Jordan and Gable are great, and um, no other stories. Elias Sampson debuted. Yeah, debuted. And, you know, and again, I, I don't mind that, but... Where's Finn Balor? Where does he go from here? Where you know, there's a lot of questions to be answered, and we have to wait two weeks. My interest is waning with every day that passes that you're not telling me new stories. So, that yes, I do think there needs to get their their division needs to get cleaned up. We have an awards show coming up, my friend. Uh, New Year's Day, I believe Doc and I are going to get together in person, which will be the first time we've done an in-person show, I think, since this show became DDT Wrestling. I think so. so. Uh, and we're going to podcast until we can podcast no more. And one of the things we're going to do is we're going to do the hashtag DDT Awards. Um, this is not your regular run-of-the-mill awards show. No 
hate to the regular award shows. I know NAI Pod's going to do their own award show next week. It's going to be phenomenal. I encourage you all to listen to it. But we're looking for some different kinds of categories. You've heard them. Best hair, wettest wrestler. We asked for some feedback. uh, And I think, again... Because it's the holidays, not a lot of people are paying attention to the world of wrestling. So we've got a couple here. Uh, Let me see. One of them, let's see, best and worst ring attire. That's an interesting thing we can talk about, some, you know, outfits of the year. Most cringeworthy promo. I'm going to have to think about that one. I I have a contender, but I think we might need to break out some bad promo theater for that if we can... If we can find it. Possibly, possibly. Most unlikely not to succeed. I I had to struggle with the double negative there. So who should have won a belt that didn't? T-Hog explained that for us. But who who we think should have been, I mean, you know. Um, Okay. But otherwise. I dig that one, actually. Yeah. Otherwise, a lot of, uh, you know, we're, we're still out in the open. Any other ideas of yours? Well, my my one idea is I think what we need to do is we need to open ourselves up a Google Doc, and we need to put our categories in, and we have to start putting our nominations down. Okay. So that way we can go in to the show with a game plan. So I think we need to spend the next uh, few days leading up to our in-person extravaganza actually doing a little bit of prep work and get some of that foundational stuff laid down. Are, are you suggesting that the, these last shows haven't had prep work, that we just get on here and wing it is that what you're uh, no i mean i just think that for a show like this it's gonna need above and beyond yes i think tender right. love and care well that I, we typically give. i'm also planning on doing an nai 150 breakdown i'm not going to go through all 150 questions but since we're going to do a megapod i i'd like oh to my. talk i'd like to talk to you about some of the some of the trends i want your opinion on some of these things um you know we can do some predictions and productions i'm sure they'll yeah, actually how long this stuff gets we might actually have to release a, a slew of podcasts we might have to break them up into into chunks i'm sure that will be fine i don't know what the if, if there is a maximum amount or size for podcasts so we'll have to look into that but uh so there's a lot going on um one thing that I do want to make sure because I did have an idea for a category, and of course now that I'm mentioning it, it's gone. <laughs> no, it's gone. I had an idea. I was literally going to bring it up. I talked about the channel changer moment. Um, nope, it's lost. I'll I'll have to tweet it using the hashtag DDT Awards. If you have some unusual hash uh, awards or some things outside the box we encourage you to use the hashtag ddt awards you can send them to us we do have an email ddt wrestling at gmail.com our our best friend pj we did get your email i think we'll talk about that also on unless you want to talk about that now uh we can do his email he wants to know our kind of origin story and we've covered that on a previous uh, DDT Wrestling or Neighborhood Podcast, so you can go check the archives if you're desperate to know, but we can touch on it next week during our mega show. So, we want some ideas. Get your thoughts out there on some categories that we can, you know, we can talk about, and you know... Oh, that was it. That was it. I just remembered. Uh, best, me, best use of food in a wrestling segment. I don't know if there's even been anything... Oh, no, I do. Yes, I do know what. I, I thought of it when watching the recap of Dean Ambrose with the popcorn. Best uh, use, best use of food in a wrestling segment. That seems like the the quintessential DDT wrestling uh, award would be the best use of food 
in a wrestling. I can segment. think of a few, but I'm not sure if they were 2015 or not. Well, we'll have um, to. Well, maybe since this is the first one, we can go back even further. We can do an all-time best use of food. Maybe, that, maybe. Uh, speaking of uh, the best thing you ate yesterday, oh, or or for the Christmas holiday in general, counting Christmas Eve, best food eaten during the holiday from Doc Manson. Um, I'll go first while you think of it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, on Christmas Eve, the Matthews family and my wife's family actually get together as a crossbreed. You know, the the in-laws get together because we in- enjoy each other's company and it's always a lovely time. And Mama Matthews bought a chocolate cream pie from a a nearby bakery and this bakery was so good that Mama Matthews had to stand in line for an hour just to get the stuff she already ordered and it was the best chocolate cream pie I've ever had and I know my chocolate cream pie folks I think if you've heard this show enough, you know I know my chocolate cream pie. It was the the whipped cream was nice and thick. It was not a pudding pie. It was a chocolate mousse, and it had a dark flavor which went with the cream. The crust was good. It was absolutely superb. I had to resist the urge to not just eat the entire thing. There is an extra piece in my refrigerator, and twice a day I allow myself one bite. I'm going to try to see how long I can make it last. It was. An exquisite, exquisite dessert. Do you have your answer there, sir? Um, I think it probably would have to be my mother makes a, basically a, a flan cheesecake. So it's got this sort of like spongy yellow base, and you fill in the top with uh, basically like a cream cheese based, uh, you know, cheesecake type filling. And then you put the cherries on top, and that was quite delicious. Excellent, excellent, excellent. You know, we didn't have a, a huge meal um, this year. Yeah, that's, was... that's the thing. You asked me what the best thing I ate was, and it was all kind of by the numbers. You know, there was a ham, there was potatoes, mm-hmm. there was uh, sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. We didn't do uh, that. Eh, we didn't do that this year. We didn't go to a big. Belt. We didn't go to a big family event. You know, we do uh, a baked potato bar for Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. So that was okay. that was good. And there's desserts aplenty, of course. Um, you know, I have some uh, beef tenderloin steaks and some risotto that I might make later today. That is kind of our Christmas, maybe our belated Christmas dinner. That will be probably pretty good. So, Outside of that cheesecake, the only thing I can think of is uh, my mother makes a, a sauce. It's like a cranberry sauce that goes on top of kielbasa. So it's like, Ooh. you know, cooked kielbasa, piping hot, covered in this sort of this tart cranberry type sauce it's delicious that that's sounds probably, that's, that's that sounds a excellent thing, so that sounds yeah, that is excellent. actually really good that was really good all right sir uh we are i i'm shocked i think i said this if i didn't say it to you i said it to mrs matthews i didn't know how we were going to fill our time on this week's <laughs> show because you you texted me and said we should podcast and i was like really <laughs> yeah i felt that way too just i couldn't let a whole week go by no i think you're right because there was a lot to talk about um you know uh, WWE, I challenge you to to save us, to write your ship and get us back on the path to positivity because... Please. Yes, because we were so excited. We were super, super excited. I did like... I'll, you know, I, I want my our positive thoughts in the world before we get out of here. I like that the Intercontinental title matters again. I will say mm-hmm. that. You know, Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler are feuding over the Intercontinental title and... 
even though they're not the champion, they had a great match on Raw. And sure. Dean Ambrose is the champion, main eventing Raw, even if it had was because of Roman Reigns. Still, the Intercontinental Championship matters again. Uh, do you think, I believe John Cena's wrestling Alberto Del Rio. Is John Cena just going to win his belt back and we're going to just go back to where we were with the John Cena Open Challenge? Do you th- or do I mean, you- that's been the pattern with John Cena, right? He lost the title to Seth Rollins, and, and then he wins it back. Instantly won it back, and like zero blip of the storyline. The announcers were saying, "Oh, John Cena continuing his eight month uh, open challenge." And like, what about that little period of time there when he didn't have the uh, whatever? Who cares? Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. I assume because mm-hmm. what the heck is Elbert Del Rio doing other than just losing? I I don't know. League Maybe. of Nations, League of Jobbers, more like it. So, any positive thoughts on you before we get out of here today? Because it's not even a nighttime show. We're recording in the morning. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad. I was glad to see Santino Morello back. Uh, I like his personality. Hopefully, he's around to do some more silly stuff. And I enjoyed to seeing uh, Mick Foley briefly at Santa Claus. That's fine. I always like to see Mick randomly showing up with, with the, his with, entire family. With the Foley, group. with the Foley family. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, you know, I mean, there were some moments there. And, again, like you said, Dean Ambrose is great, and I like what Kevin Owens is doing. Although, after that killer promo that uh, Kevin Owens gave, where he seemed more crazy than Ambrose, uh, you know, I would like to see an immediate payoff on that, as opposed to him getting sidetracked by Ziggler. But, hey, you know, whatever. Hopefully we get there, and we can maintain the intensity. I think that feud, this Ambrose-Ziggler-Owens triangle, has to come to fruition before Royal Rumble. I don't think that can sustain us another four to five weeks unless you add more people. And again, I thought it would be a creative way to add Neville into that storyline and maybe you have a fatal four-way match or a, you know you add more people and there's a six-person match going on for the IC title. But I, you know, I think we're still in a good place. I think we can still make some good progress here in the world of wrestling. Uh, I'm excited for next week to sit down with you in person and chat about a laundry list of topics that we're going to cover here because it's going to be a fine show. Uh, We're going to start 2016 with a Megapod. I encourage you, email us, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Get your opinions out there. We'll discuss that on the show. Hashtag DDT Awards. You can find my friend Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Final thoughts time. You good? You ready? Should we get out of here? I just want to ask the neighborhood to do do something for me. All right. I want you to take two and two. All right? So I want you to take two minutes to tell two of your friends about DDT Wrestling. Two and two, okay? Two minutes of your time. Tell two of your friends. Tell them to listen to the show. That's all I want from you. Make that the holiday season the gift to us from you to DDT Wrestling. There you go. And Get we some will- more people listening to the show, especially starting next week. Those those megapods are going to be a good time. Wake the kitties, call the neighbors. This is not going to be something you're going to want to miss. He's Doc. I'm DC. See you around the neighborhood. Ghost. <laughs>